Welcome back to the Last Next Day podcast. Sarah here, as always, with Steve. Hello. How are you, Sarah? I am good. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. This week, well, the week of, of, of recording this, the last week's tape turned seven. So a Woo! bit of an existential, existential crisis. Uh, no, it's it's really cool. Yeah, just seven years mm. of doing this thing. Obviously, we can't have a gig this year because of these outside reasons. But yeah, it's been cool. I hope in the seven years of doing this, people found new music somehow through the last week's tape. That would be kind of cool. But yeah, hmm. uh, it'll be a little strange not doing a gig. I'll do something. I might write a little piece about the seven years or whatever, how, how it's been. But apart from that, yeah, that's kind of what I've been grappling with this week. Hmm. How about you? Not that much. Actually, now that you brought up the uh, the last month's tape birthday, I think hmm. the first poster I did for you was maybe for the second birthday. Yeah, um, that sounds about which right. Which I yeah, can't, yeah. actually, I can't believe uh, how yeah. fast time has flown. It's a bit concerning. But uh, what have you been listening to? Well, I've been listening to, I want to give a quick shout out to something that I was listening to for the last couple of weeks, which is another podcast, a rival podcast, but not really in any, in any <laughs> real way. It's uh, called Team Deacons. It's run by um, cinematographer Roger Deacons and his wife. And it's fantastic. It's basically him and his wife talking about um, the film industry and talking to people in the film industry about cinematography, about directors, about the relationship between a cinematographer and a director, stills photography. If you don't know the name Roger Deakins, you most certainly know, to anyone listening, his, his work. Just to rattle off a couple of films that his cinematography is in. Blade Runner 2049, 1917, Sicario, No Country for All Men, The Big Lebowski, Fargo, Skyfall, True Grit, a serious man. That's a, stuff like that. an impressive portfolio. It's amazing. One I want to really draw to people's attention is like a, a favorite of mine. I really like post-Western movies. And there's one called The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. And it has Brad Pitt as Jesse James in it. An amazing performance by Brad Pitt. Really understated, almost silent performance by him as this kind of brooding cowboy as the famous jesse james but the cinematography in that film is like a painting it is absolutely beautiful even if people google it you'll see there's probably one of my favorite images that i've always wanted to shoot something similar it's brad pitt standing in this field basically in his kind of black suit and it's just a fat image it's just his roger, roger deacon's work is just some of the most beautiful cinematography i think in cinema he, as said blade runner 2049 everything he does is, is almost like a painting but if you if you have watched one of his movies that he's done uh, the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford is just fantastic there is a train heist in it there's actually a video online where he goes into how he lit it they used a big floodlight for the train and he just moved it down a track and it's it's beautiful so yeah i've been listening to that i've been really getting into it a lot of his cinematography is kind of influenced my photography so i think he's really cool also sicario i don't know if you did you see sicario when it came out it's about um, no it's about the mexican drug cartels um emily blunt is in it she's it's amazing it's really good i've been listening to that also i've been listening to the new album by the weather station and really enjoying it called ignorance fantastic new record by tamara lindemann it's Mm. it's 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 such a uh, it has this indie folkness to it that is deep it's dark it's almost icy it's probably perfect for this time of year i wonder is that why they released it but it's it's very much around um climate change it's personal though as well which i think is a real trick in its tale that it's not preachy it's not hey you know it, it it gets to the heart of the matter 
from a personal point of view, which sometimes when, when people are writing protest songs or songs about things like that, it, it can it can lose a personal a personality or, or, or a personal edge to it. So I've been listening to Ignorance by them. Robber is a great track, Atlantic. It has this turbulence to it. I wonder, I was thinking, because she's Canadian, I wonder, you know, is there a similar, is, is the kind of the the weather of Canada such a, a big influence on, you know, the icy of it. Now that's a very broad view of mine of Canada. I'm, I'm sure it's not all the great white North. I'm sure there's, there's, there's warm spots too, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a beautiful album just came out, I think to critical acclaim and rightly so ignorance by the weather station. What have you been listening to Sarah? I've been kind of trying to, you know, get back into listening to the new stuff, especially the new stuff coming out by Irish artists. I think, uh, someone who's been brought up in Irish music for a great reason and she's absolutely amazing. I've been listening to a lot of Denise Chayla who I Perfect, think yeah. is fantastic and I feel like it's just exactly what Irish music needed. She's just, just I don't know everything everything about her work she's such a spectacular poet like she writes so so well and she talks about such important issues in Irish society today and just with the cool beats over all of that and her amazing visuals. She released a new video recently. I think it was recently mm-hmm. anyway, like really, really visually stunning video. So I've been really, really into listening to her music and mm. I just, yeah, the way she writes, honestly, and the delivery and everything about her is just so amazing. And mm. I'm just kind of so glad to kind of see something so fresh and new mm. being put out there. And mm. I feel like that's exactly kind of what Irish music needed. And yeah, yeah, she she's amazing. I was just kind of Incredible. having having a look there through her song, which I extremely mm. identified with on quite a lot of levels, uh, which was dual citizenship. It's just oh, just the lyrics are fantastic. And like the one line that really, really stood out to me was there are some people who will spend their whole lives looking for a definition of home that doesn't come with strings attached. So obviously the song is about immigration and moving to Ireland and, you know, mm. moving obviously at a very like young age. And although I, 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 I don't know what her personal story is, just with, and the, the song opens with where are you from originally, which for me, it's when people see my last name, it is often a question mm. and mm-hmm. it's, it's very kind of, I, that yeah, it's very, you know, it's not... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, it's definitely kind of difficult. And especially that line, kind of spending your whole life looking for a definition of home. It's like, well, for me, Ireland has been home and is home, mm. but also, mm. you know, being tied to my other parts of who I am and my father's family and Yugoslavia and stuff. You, you're not, some, you are seen as different in a way, I think, by certain people, by some people, obviously that's kind of, you know, people have started to kind of shift and change their mentalities about, you know, borders and belonging and whatever. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I think especially with the older generations, more conservative generations, it's very much like, well, you're not this and you're not that. But, and that kind of sense of belonging, it's like, where do I belong? Mm-hmm. kind of thing it's it's like a tricky thing it's it's not a comfortable thing it's definitely makes you feel 
different and weird and strange, even though Ireland has always been your home, but you have ties to this other place and, um, but you're not really a part of that culture either. So it's like, mm. where are you? Like, who do you, where do you fall? Um, who are you? And I think, yeah, I just, that, that particular line I think was um, amazing. Obviously yeah. she covers quite a lot of issues in Irish society to do with racism, which mm. is really important to talk about because I don't think we've had open dialogue about that. And I think it has definitely been, a, a long running issue and that we've kind of brushed under the rug. And mm. I just, I think that is so, so important. Um, so I think, yeah, she's amazing. And fantastic her artist. Fantastic. And I just, there are definitely elements of her music where I identified with as well. She's incredible. Um, she's, she's like her, Gemma Dunleavy, uh, Pillow Queens. They're all people who are giving voice to something that regularly is not given a voice to. So it's it's yeah, good to see yeah, it, definitely. It, on yeah. the in the mainstream in the mainstream. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just to just to say that um, you know, as a as a white person, it's it that kind of differing and othering in Ireland for me isn't as extreme as it might be for black people. But anyway, Denise Chyla, amazing. I really love all her work and I'm so glad that she's getting the recognition that she deserves and that people are talking about her because she's amazing. our interview segments which I'm so excited about that we introduced them because it's been like really kind of nice element to the podcast and I really like chatting to people and kind of finding out what they do and especially within the music industry and this week we have Sinead White on the podcast talking about her new music. Sinead and I met quite a while ago in 2014 or 15 when I got to do some visual work for her music and we kind of kept in touch and she's been busy 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 first releasing her solo work then working with Dahi and now back to more solo work so we're gonna have a chat with her this week. So Sinead I know you released your album back in 2015 finally I was I was a very big fan of that one I liked it. Oh really? (laughs) God help you. But uh, that was the last time you released some solo work until this year. And I know you worked with Dahi before that. Tell us a bit about your new music because it's been, it's really, really great. I really love it. It's such a new direction as well. So yeah, you mentioned uh, my dreaded album um, that I released in 2015. And for some reason, and I think about it, I am filled with a sense of, um, I wouldn't say shame, but like just... I think a lot of times you can release stuff and um, you just like fall out of love with it almost instantly. And I think that's what happened. And then for a few years, I was working with Dahi, as you said, and that was great. But I kind of was trying to find music that I wanted to release. And with the year that was in it last year, I just said, you know what? I'm going to stop worrying about like what's the right stuff to release and what's the wrong. And I'm just going to release what I want to release. So last year I released two tracks. One was called The World Stops Spinning and the other one was called Giant Spiders. And it was a wonderful experience. You recorded that pretty much in lockdown. I had a couple of songs that I had recorded, say in 2018, 2019. And then I'm an awful woman for getting involved in lots of different things. Like outside of just like specifically being a singer songwriter, I do a lot of kind of music therapy stuff. I'm involved in choirs and loads of different things. And that can be quite consuming. So when lockdown um, happened, not to sound really evil, but I, I was a kind of a moment for myself to go, oh, I actually have time to do this stuff now. And so I wrote The World Stop Spinning last April, I think. 
and then released it in May, which was fantastic. And for, for me, it was fantastic just to have no expectations to write something and then put it out into the world. There's a big change yeah. in the sound between finally and the stuff that you're bringing out now. When, yeah. Like, how did you feel? How did you feel you started to craft that new sound? Like, how did that come about for you? Because it, it was a big difference. I was, for one, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, but like, I think like the, the the issue with my my first album was that like it was all written in like my early twenties, and the, the the thought like the process and the, the thought behind it, it wasn't really there wasn't really much thought behind it at all. They were they were just songs that I used to sing um around Dublin at all the singer songwriter nights, and I wanted to yeah. like put them onto a, a CD or whatever. And then as time wore on and I, I started to work with other artists like people like Dahi, who is a, mm. a good friend of mine, I yeah. kind of noticed how he was doing things and how 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 much kind of, I suppose, how deliberate his work was. And I know they're not mm. just him, but other people. And so the type of music that I really like, um, I decided I was going to try and write in that style. Because prior to that, my album, a lot of those songs, I wrote them for the sole purpose of, let's say I was going to play it an open mic night. I didn't really want to be strumming a song that was like really downbeat and sad. I wanted to be like, ah, to get people's attention. <laughs> so they yeah. were almost like crafted at a necessity to survive that <laughs> brutal scene. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean yeah because like it's it's one of those weird things where live performance for a while probably dictates the way that you write so when you're yeah. writing the world stops spinning yeah is that the first one that you wrote in that style or were there other little sketches that you had or was that the one that broke the back of it no like that to be honest so I always I've, I'm one of those people I'm always writing so like I would say I, I I write a lot like I write every every day nearly so I would have had say the songs from my album and then I would have had like a huge collection of songs that would have been a little bit like the world stops spinning so it was yeah. just this year that I decided I'm going to release that stuff you know so I wrote the world stops spinning in like April I think and now I'm thinking I really like this direction so I'm gonna just keep going down here for a while yeah and you write every day that's that's incredible like would you do you sit down do you have set hours that you're going to do it do you like set yourself a goal How, how do you do that how do you write every day well in in a few years ago I actually decided to do this uh write a song a day challenge and I was going to do it for a year and then after about six months I forgot and but I had that like six months of every day but I am just the type of person where I'm always kind of working on something and like my something dreadful actually happened I have um, a voice recorder on my phone where I keep all my ideas and even last night I was asleep and in my dream I was singing a song and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like like recording it (laughs) but I would have had like years of this stuff I ended up like breaking my phone re- my other my last phone recently oh, no. um, and losing so yeah no but it's fine like it, it doesn't matter but yeah I just really like it I think it's just a it's a habit like it's a habit of just constantly like hearing little melodies and recording them you mentioned that you like to like keep your little voice recordings you know, on your phone I sleep talk and I got this uh, a few years ago uh, this sleep talking app and so have any of you guys ever used it no, no no that's cool what is it so like you put it on your bedside locker if you have one before you go to bed and it records all night and delete so it's recording deleting and then if you talk it it keeps the recording so in the morning you wake up and like for years if you know if I was ever like staying in someone's house or whatever they'd be like you were saying some absolutely off the wall <laughs> stuff last night in your sleep and I'd be like oh <laughs> but since getting this app it's it's really interesting because it's a lot of like recurring themes so you know and it's it's like a direct link to your subconscious so I think it's 
I think it's fascinating. What are your thoughts kind of like on the whole gig situation right now? I know a lot of like a lot of musicians are not able to play gigs. We don't know how long this might be the case for. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's wonderful how industrious people are being in the live streams and just kind of getting on with it. I think that we're so lucky that, you know, we're able to to continue in that capacity. And I think that's all we can really like hold on to at the moment I know it's not just the music industry that's been affected so many other you know people are being affected so I think just holding on to that and I love this standard with which people are producing stuff I think it's incredible and like at the end of the day I think we're lucky to be involved in this is the nature of the creative industry it's it's about being adaptable and it's just about like you know thinking outside the box so in a sense I think it yeah I think it's brilliant just Mm -hmm. to keep going obviously it's not brilliant like it's crap (laughs) but yeah I've been watching I've been watching a couple of like the last year I was really watching loads of live streams and enjoying it and I've kind of taken a little bit of a break now just myself from that but it's great to know that it's still there if uh if you're interested, you know. Yeah, no, there was definitely kind of like a Zoom fatigue, but I feel like we all need a little bit of a break and then kind of get back into it. But it's, yeah, it's been kind of interesting moving everything online. Uh, so I'd be curious to see how musicians who just kicked off their careers in 2020 uh, kind of do going forward and what happens with the kind of gig the gig yeah. industry. I feel like that's one of the last ones that's going to be uh, coming back. I think so. But I think, you know, it's just you just have to kind of I suppose look at it in 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 a positive sense otherwise you go mad but it is giving people an opportunity to kind of like put more thought into say their visuals or their you know we were mm. it's so funny because myself and Jahi we are have been working together for years and we did a couple of live streams and um, one in the Roisin Dove and one in Connie's Aleph and somewhere else I actually can't remember this was just before Christmas and we were having a chat about it and we were saying like how when we would go to a gig we would literally just be like bam 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 like know exactly what we were doing because we've done it like hundreds of times but with the live show now we're learning the skills of like television and camera and angles so it's just another bow to your or no is it bow to your string to your bow I was going to say bow to your leaf, but that's that's not that's not, a, <laughs> not an expression. Um, so it's just another, it's just another bow to your leaf, like. <laughs> and I think that's the only way you can look at things in life is just like, here, what am I going to do mm. now? And you mentioned you work quite a lot in music therapy. Well, has that also moved online? So it's online, and it's just um, I suppose like providing relief for people. And um, the arts is you know a wonderful space for that. So I just. Mm. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, I'm lucky that I get to to do to do that kind of work, you know. Mm-hmm. No, that's amazing. Kind of having music kind of holistically in your life. Yeah, I think it makes sense as well because it's, you know, it can feel, I don't know, a little, like for me anyway, it can feel a little bit self-indulgent when you're just like, you know, and then when you're actually kind of like dealing with people, let's say, who are um, maybe they're in a nursing home or they're, have, they're really ill or they're at the end of their life, essentially, you know, it really brings that puts things into perspective and it's like this all this stuff you know all the smoke and mirrors and all like yeah it's fun but you know we're all just humans and like hopefully we can try and make things a little bit easier for one another you know using whatever um skills we have 
Thank you so, so much for chatting with us today. And kind of, it was great to uh, catch up and kind of, you know, talk about your new stuff. Because, yeah, it's been really cool. And I had the absolute privilege of doing some visuals for it as well. And uh, But yeah, you guys should definitely check out Sinead's two new tracks, The World Stops Spinning and Giant Spiders, because they are fantastic. And that was our interview with Sinead White, which was absolutely fantastic to talk to her. As part of our featured artist segment in the new podcast setup, we're going to be talking about one of the newest artists in the Irish music scene, only pretty much going out for the last two years or so, called Kinsey. And her new EP, Things That Don't Exist, which just came out to huge acclaim. It's been covered in NME. It's been covered in the UK over here. A lot of people are really getting into this record. I had the privilege of interviewing Kinsey about it and it's very interesting. Before I talk about it, I'm interested, Sarah, to hear what you think of Kinsey and things that don't exist. I thought it was very reminiscent of like Soccer Mommy and that kind of like mm-hmm. American vibe, I think. That was like yeah. my first kind of reading of it. And that's kind of yeah. what it reminded me of. Sort of like poppy but with an edge i think that that's how i would categorize that uh, which is kind of like a new genre i feel like that's been like emerging a little bit more maybe maybe it's like the new indie which is a bit more poppy but with like slightly more kind of a punky edge i really enjoyed it i really also like the visuals on the mm. album cover you yeah, know really cool it's di- yeah I, I really enjoyed this record for a few different reasons because obviously like you were saying what it does with the indie pop genre it kind of changes it slightly. And it's, it w- was interesting to me listening to this was I actually watched an interview, Richard Adewadi, about David Lynch. And he said one of the interesting things about David Lynch, why he's so much better to Richard Adewadi than other surrealist filmmakers is that you care about the characters in a David Lynch film. They're actual real people who want things and need things. They're not fetishized quirkiness which is what a, some surrealist directors do, is they kind of fetishize the strange and the quirky at the, at the you know, behest of the character. The character is just a vessel. But with David Lynch, if it's Twin Peaks or Blue Velvet, you, you understand what the characters want, you know? So listening to this, kind of, I had that in mind because a lot of the time indie pop, especially recently, can kind of fetishize its own sense of pop culture referencing or its own sense of kind of downbeat cool, you know, am I cool? I don't know. I'm an indie artist kind of type thing. But I think what's really good about this record, and I think what Kinsey gets across, is that there is an actual personal element to it. It isn't indie for the sake of cool. It has an emotional element. Elephant in a room is, a, is, is has this dark noir sound to it. But also there's a there's in the lyrics there is there is pain. There is searching. Um, it, it does really play into you know, especially now this kind of feeling of social anxiety or social media anxiety of what we feel about what's happening to other people, you know, the fun other people are happening, having and why aren't you having it? And I think she taps really well into that cold blue light and dog videos and in her own way. But I think she does something really interesting, which is to give personal element to a genre where I always felt, apart from obviously Soccer Mommy is very good at that too, like you say, there's sometimes an almost, uh, am I expressing emotion? I don't know. You know, too, too interested in being cool. Where this uh, record mm. is cool, very much. I, I, it's very cool. That's why I think people are connecting to it. But like you say, it, there's something a little bit more going on that I, I really liked. And I think, yeah, yeah. yeah like you say, yeah, the, the visuals are really cool. The video that she put, just put out for Elephant in the Room is really cool. What would you call it? What is, I was, I was going to ask you this anyway. What would you call the type of design that is on that? The, is that? 
anti-design? What, what is that on the actual cover of the EP? <laughs> you think the whole anti-design design movement? Um, yeah, is, is that, is so that what that whenever, is? You could say so. A lot of the work, though, that I'm seeing is like collage work. Um, mm-hmm. So they're like collages, which are cool. And I think the the EP one is a collage as well. I don't know if I'd call it like anti-design design. Yeah. It kind of, to me, looks more like a piece of art, like collage sure. art. But that is definitely, yeah, that's been a definitely like a movement in design where, you know, make something like big, bright, anti-design mm. design. But I don't know. I feel mm. like to me, this is more artsy. Actually, it reminds me of some of the Franz Ferdinand stuff, you know, when they did the whole Take Me Out oh, video yeah. with the like yeah. the animated piece. That was such a cool video. Um, oh, it was very cool, yeah. Which I think was actually done by a group of design students in the Scottish School of Art and Design. I think, I what they were called. if I'm right about that, that Franz Ferdinand were design students. Were they? Oh, that's that's a fairly common, actually, thing that you see. A lot of designers are also musicians, and a lot mm. of musicians are designers. It's just, I think, maybe just being creative and, you know, just, you know, being yeah. creative musically and... Um, visually mm. and it just kind of comes with the territory i guess mm. but yeah i've definitely had a few designer friends who were also musicians who are now maybe a bit more into music than they were design so mm-hmm. it's interesting actually but I mean, yeah i think it, it gives this it gives this ep uh, like this is again this is her debut i think i mm. saw her first ever live gig which is at ireland music week 2019 and i believe i said as kind of a review of it that I think they were having technical problems on stage, sound problems and stuff. But I said there was a real diamond in the rough situation that you could tell that there was kind of quality there. Um, Definitely. And it, I think this is, this is no, I'm not calling this diamond in the rough. I think this is actually quite the opposite. She's, she's really found her sound, really found her personality, almost like Sinead, who we were talking to, coming out and, and, and finding a sound that, that you want to write in, like Sinead was saying in her, in her interview. So I really like this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I, I really enjoy this. It's great to see Irish artists, kind of like you were saying about Denise Chida. It's all these artists doing new things with new voices and, and new sounds, and which is so fantastic. Mm. You know, the Irish music scene, I've been saying it for a while. Our scene is part of now a global scene in mm-hmm. terms of Spotify, where we take our influences from and uh, where we take our music from and who listens to it. Even as I said, this record has been picked up by NME before it was even released. So that just goes to show you, you know, 20 years ago, that wouldn't yeah. have been the case. Yeah, no, it's great. It's I'm, I'm really enjoying seeing Irish music because I, I feel like for a long time there just wasn't that much. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe I'm like, maybe it just wasn't like, a super like keeping on top of things but I feel definitely you know 10 years ago 20 years ago it didn't really feel diverse and it didn't really feel like new things were happening and kind of like innovation in Irish music which I think is happening yeah. now and I think that's really exciting and again as I've mentioned before with Denise Chyla you know JLOL with uh, Irish rap and R&B and same mm-hmm. with uh, the Tebby Rex guys so that's yeah. all um really exciting because it's a new sound and because coming from like an Irish perspective and kind of approaching rap from an Irish perspective, definitely I feel like what we kind of needed a bit as well. Um, And yeah, it's exciting to see artists like Kinsey as well doing something new and something kind of different to like what we're used to. It's kind of been exciting to see more diversity in Irish music and make it grow. And as you've said, we do have a global stage now, definitely. Mm. It's, it's great. It's, it's great to see all this stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. And I would highly recommend uh, people find uh, Kinsey's Things That Don't Exist. It's on Spotify. My favorite track off it is uh, Elephant in the Room. Do you have a favorite track off it, Sarah, that you'd like people to listen to? 
dog videos. Perfect. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's our featured artist this week. It was Kinsey. Absolutely amazing. As we say, check her out on all the socials and all that kind of stuff. You can listen to the last Mix A podcast on Spotify. You can subscribe to us there and listen to all the new episodes as we do them. Thank you so much to Sinead White for being our guest this week and to our amazing host, Sarah Lovick, who brought us through this amazing and actually brought up this new structure that we have. It's really cool. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Steve. Having so much fun with this, which yeah. is great. So um, we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.